On this episode, we talk ClickFunnels, branding, and Bon Jovi with Henry Kaminsky. Henry shares his story of working with Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. We talk about empathy and gratitude. We talk about getting out of your own way. We talk about how to land high-profile clients, following your gut, and why imposter syndrome is holding you back. Uh, If you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's what held me back from starting this podcast and putting myself out there for so many years. It will literally change your business and will change your life. Uh, I'm so grateful for everyone that's listened to the show so far, everybody that's subscribed, leaving reviews, giving feedback on on Instagram and social media. It means a world to me. It's what keeps me making these episodes. So if you do love it, please continue to subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, It means the world. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Do you ever wonder how some podcasts get thousands of new listeners and you don't? Do you wonder how people get featured in major publications? Do you ever wonder how Instagram videos go viral? Welcome to the Giant Voices Podcast, hosted by Carson Jones. Every week we bring you the biggest names in podcasting, marketing, and public relations to help you break through the noise and take your brand to the next level. Oh, and we like to mix in the uncomfortable topics like mental health, anxiety, and the internal battles that keep us from growing. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Giant Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Carson Jones. And on today's episode, we have Henry Kaminsky. Henry is the author of Amazon bestseller, Refuse to Give Up. Uh, He hosts the popular podcast, The Brand Doctor, and has worked with celebrities like John Bon Jovi, Fabio Viviani. Um, Henry is probably best known for his work in the ClickFunnels community. He's worked closely with Russell Brunson, and who actually named him the Million Dollar Brander. Um, Living up to that name, in 2019, Henry actually joined the Two Comma Club for generating over a million dollar sales via ClickFunnels. And honestly, more importantly than all that, Henry's just a genuine guy. Uh, when I first met him, I was a little bit scared of him. He's uh, he's a he's a stature of a figure, and the bald head. You know, you never you didn't know exactly what I was going to get. But he's a very nice guy. I like when he smiles better, and uh, he's a great father, an amazing person. So I'm I'm lucky to have him on the show. Henry, thanks for coming on. No problem, dude. You know, I get that a lot, man. And you know what? I love it. And I play to that, that, that intrigue all the time. You know, listen, everybody judges, judges a book by their cover. And the good news is, is not every cover is correct. No. And I think it's funny because you said, uh, it, it scares the wrong people away <laughs> when we first started working, you know, we, you, you, uh, we, we put out some of your pictures and you were like, Hey, I, I want to smile more, you know, let's put out some more that, that of me smiling more. So I, uh, I think that's awesome. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. I like to start with the, uh, the, the cliche stuff because I think it's important before we get into what you know and all of that fun stuff and provide some value to the audience, I think it's important to know like, who you are and you, you have a lot of gratitude. And I think uh, you know, people, a lot of people know your story of being a brander, but a lot of people don't know the beginning story of you, know, you almost didn't survive infancy. And then w- when you grew up, like this whole graphic design, your, your career now actually started you know, from like a similar cause. So take me back to that. Take me back to day one, Henry Kaminsky, and then, you know, your, your start into what you do now. Sure. So day one (laughs) goes back to, I don't know, someday in 1979 when my parents finally, after 16 years, tried to have a child and and start a family, uh, finally figured out what was wrong. And my mom went in for a quick minor surgery and nine months later, here I came. And that story is a, is, a, is a big catalyst to what my drive is today. And, you know, I, I would listen to my mom tell these stories like, 
you know, uh, Henry's my miracle baby. It took me 16 years to have him. And, and like, as a little kid, I'm thinking, oh my God, women are pregnant for 16 years. God bless them. <laughs> right. But as I got older, I realized what that meant. And I started to really get an understanding of what that story was. And so fast forward, uh, two years after I was born, uh, my, my mom was like in the kitchen cleaning up and, and she walks into my, into my room and, and looks into the crib and I'm like blue and unresponsive. So they rushed me to the hospital and for whatever reason, I had lost all the, the, the salt in my body. So they had to bring me pretty much back from almost, almost dying. And when I hear that story played over and over and over in your head as a little, as a little kid, it starts to stick and, and you start to say to yourself like, holy shit, like I'm here on borrowed time, man. Like you got to make the best of it. So what are you going to do? How are you going to, how are you going to start to position your life to, to live a fulfilling life and to do things that are actually going to help people, you know? And so fast forward into my professional career, started out right out of college in a, in a local hospital literally cleaning coffee pots and checking people's insurances, making sure that they had insurance before they went into same day surgery, which, you know, again, with the hustle mentality after four years of doing that, <laughs> I got into the children's hospital and this is where it gets pretty ironic. Um, I got a job as a um, events coordinator for the sudden infant death syndrome center. Now I, my, my issue when I was young was nowhere near sudden infant death syndrome, but kind of similar in, 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 in case a little bit, I started doing fundraising events for the Sudden Infant Death Syndrome Center. And then I would take that money and then host events for the families in the state of New Jersey that lost the baby to SIDS. And so we would bring all of those families together as like support and nurture and that. And it was very rewarding, but it was very sad at the same time. So I was getting these sponsorships for these fundraising events and Z100 was one of the sponsors one year, literally cold turkey email to Danielle Monero, big shout out to Danielle. And I asked her, would you, would you want to you know, support this? And she was like, absolutely. So she went above and beyond. She brought me into the studio and I got to meet the, the, the Z Morning Zoo and she helped me promote this thing. So the event came out phenomenal. We raised a bunch of money and I got bit by the creative bug and I was watching my buddy who to this day is my best friend. And he taught me literally what graphic design was all about. I was like, this is going to be my way of helping people. And went, went full into graphic design, taught myself, got my boss to uh, uh, buy the Photoshop program for me. So I started doing all the invitations in house, built up a skill set, And then a, probably about 36 months after that I said, you know what? I'm feeling the pinch here at the hospital. I'm gonna be 30 years old, 28 years old, and I don't think this is the, the career path that I wanna go in. Maybe I need to take the dive, and I did. Scared as hell, I took the dive, and the first year I made close to, I did $248,000 in revenue, and then went on to make my first million after the first three years, and then went on to that. And now look at it 13 years later, you know, we, we, we got this boutique agency that just does amazing work for amazing people. Yeah. And it's really cool. I, I love that you, you know, kind of took this jump later in your, your twenties, you know, closer to 30. So every guest I've had on the show so far has been, you know, these like young whiz kids that seem to have figured out their passion, seem to figure out this internet thing. 
you know, well, well before. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm 30, about to turn 31 this month. And you know, I still feel young, but it's like, you know, you, you can find your passion, kind of find your pace whenever, whatever age that is. And there's, you still have plenty of time. It's, I think it's cool because you, you, you have like a sense of gratitude, a sense of excitement every single day. Like, do you think it goes back to you, you know, just being on borrowed time and feeling like that? Or where does your gratitude, where does your, you know, kind of positivity inspiration come from? That, that story, exactly it. That, that story has, has been the trigger and has been the, again, like I said, the, the catapult to, you know, every time I feel like I'm, 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 I'm taken for granted life, right? And, and time, I go back to that story and I remember, you know, and now what has, what has really catapulted things is, you know, having a son, you know, my son's going to be two years old this year. And that I thought, you know, I thought I was pumped and motivated and, you know, inspired and, and gung ho prior to him coming into this world. Now it's a completely different level, you know, um, of that. And I will say this though, you know, being at where I'm at right now, it's more about working smarter than it is working harder. And at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is, is create that, that role model for him. And no, so he knows what hard work is, looks like. And, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I have that time for them because, you know, I grew up in a family who was workhorses. My father worked four jobs to freaking uh, raise me by himself. Um, I had a, a, a pretty wealthy uncle, still do, uh, who runs a $200 million construction company here in New Jersey. So he was always, you know, grind, 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 do it and get it done. Grind, 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 you know, and, you know, he missed, he missed a lot of family activity because of it. And you know, I, I was thinking about this recently and I'm saying to myself, like, there's got to be a different way. Like, there's got to be a way where you don't have to miss those things in your family's lives in order to make it. There's like, there, there, yes, there is sacrifice, but there is certainly a way that you can enjoy both. And so I'm still trying to figure that out, Carson, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, I'm more leaning towards the lifestyle and, and being there versus, you know, grind, 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 grind. Yeah, it's, it's a real balance. So I hang out with a lot of these real estate guys. Um, it's be become a lot of my best friends and a lot of, you know, people that, uh, that I've worked with and they, they're, they're all making money hands over the fist and they've got these big businesses and a ton of employees. And I started getting the itch. I was like, man, I, I want that. I want that community. And then I started realizing, wait, that's, that's what they want. Like the reason I got into digital in the first place is because I don't want that. You know, I, like I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to, you know, have the freedoms and be able to kind of live, live life on my terms. And it's, it's really interesting how, you know, you can, you can scale multiple different ways and we can talk about that stuff all day, but it's figuring out like what works for you and what you want out of life too. It's just as important as, you know, knowing, knowing what they, you know, what other people are doing for themselves. Exactly. And so you got to be comfortable with you. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, to be open and honest with, with your audience, I was not that way for many, many years. You know, when I started, I started my, before I, I legitimized my business, I was probably 26, 25, 26. Um, and I didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, you know, my father still has the same pickup truck that he had back in the early 90s now it's still sitting in the driveway but he's got other cars now but like 
no, we, I came, like my father probably still has the same quarter. He, the first quarter he ever made, you know, my father was very, very miserly. Listen to each his own. Right. So it was his choice to live that way. Right. So it was a struggle for me to, to live that lifestyle and then go and visit my uncle and my cousin up in his house. And it was like lifestyle of the rich and famous. And that I struggled with for many, many years. So when I became of age to make my own money, I was very money driven, very money driven. And so, you know, no, you were a dollar sign to me. You weren't a person. And what happened is that caught up to me pretty quickly. Well, I should say it was actually a slow kill. <laughs> it was a torture. It was literally a torture. So you start to, it starts to catch up to you because what happens is you start to grow as a business and you start to get more, what's the word? Greedy. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. That's what happened. I started you get a little bit and you want a lot. That's it. And so, you know, it was, it was the old Machiavellian concept of by any means necessary mm -hmm. or, uh, and, and it was, I would just run you over and I wouldn't think of the consequence, you know, and that didn't get you too far, you know? And then what happens is you start to get burnt out and now things start to slow down because you don't feel, um, gratified by the work. You start resenting your clients. You start resenting the work. Um, they don't want to work with you anymore because of your attitude. And you know, it's one thing that I learned from Patrick Bet David, he said, money doesn't like bad attitudes. So if you want to attract money, don't have a bad attitude. And I didn't learn that until later on, until you know my business started to tank the first time. You know, Russell and I, we joke because his, his businesses we call cycled mm -hmm. two or three times before he got to ClickFunnels, right? My business before it got to this level tanked two times. And it was all because of the actions I took. I can't blame anybody else for it. It was the actions that I took. So I had to take responsibility for that learn how to get out of that mess and move forward. And it was hard. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears involved. You know, I almost lost my marriage the second time I cycled. And I said, enough's enough. Like my wife and my son and my family don't deserve this. They don't deserve it. And so I got to get my shit together. And so that's, that's sort of what happened. And, you know, here I am. Yeah. It it's a, it's a tough balance though, because obviously you need to, to make money. Like I've almost gone the opposite way. Like by the first phase of my business, we're talking about cycling. My first phase of my business, I had partners that were very, very transactional. So that's all they did. And I guess in one way it was good for me because for me, I'm not very transactional. Like now that I'm, you know, kind of in, independently in control of my businesses again, I, I, I've kind of gone the other way. Like I'm almost turning down business because I'm trying to build something that's a little bigger than myself. Um, mm. Some stuff I'm excited to do and then, you know, talk about the next, you know, six months. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a certain balance because you have to make money in order to, to live. But at the same time, if you get too transactional, people start to see that and you really start to turn people off. And like you said, you, you begin to almost resent the, pe the people you're working with and um, it'll catch up with you if you're not careful. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. And, I realized that like these people are, have feelings, you know, these people have businesses of their own that are supporting 
their lives and their families. And you play a very critical role in this, Henry. Like you are in control of their identity, how they show up in front of their audience. And if you're going to be lackadaisical about that and, and put a lot of money on the line by not putting in the effort that they're paying you to put in, that's a big problem. And, and, and somebody else that's hungrier than me should deserve that work over me. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized was I need to get my mindset correct. So I got some help there, you know, through therapy and one-on-one help. Um, went to family counseling and we still do just proactively because we think it's, it's so helpful, you know, to have that outside perspective. And that's why I'm such a fan of, of mentorship and coaching. Like, you know, I used to have a coach for everything, but I've soon, I've realized that like, you know, you start to put too many chefs in the kitchen, it gets a little crowded. Right. So Mm -hmm. I narrowed that down to two people um, and it's really helpful. So I have my mindset coach and I have my business coach and, those two people really keep me on the straight and, keep, and, and remind me of how important it is to stay focused and keep that clarity as much as you can. Because if you don't have that clarity, it's so easy these days to veer off. Let's transition. Let's get back to uh, some work stuff and, and talk more about like what you're doing now. So Bon Jovi, Fabio Viviani, Russell Brunson, like these are, these are big names and all very, very different personalities. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do you get in touch with those opportunities? I know I've heard the Bon Jovi story. How do you get in touch with those opportunities? And then how does being able to work with a high profile cl- client like that change the trajectory of your business? Well, I, I think a lot of people see my connections and my brand associations and that gives me a lot of credibility. And obviously I do great work. And my team does phenomenal work, but having those brand associations are really helpful. You know, there was a couple big upper five figure deals that we closed last year that were simply because of the connections that I had with Russell. uh, And that was really, really helpful, you know? And so here's a, here's straight up like how those connections happened. Like I was struggling with my business. I found Russell. I invested in him big time. You know, it was $10,000 back then. It might as well, might as well have been a hundred grand at the time. That's how, that's the, you know, that's how much 10 grand was to me that at that point. And I jumped in. I was not afraid to take that leap. And I went full, I went both feet and we had a phone call together. And by the end of that 60 minute call, he had already hired me to help him with his first book launch. So moral of the story is you got to take chances. You got to take chances. So that chance was big to, 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 to fork over that 10 G's. But look what happened. Look what happened, right? So that was number one. Number two was how I got ClickFunnels as a, as a, as a client long-term for like two, three years was Russell's podcast cover at the time was driving me berserk. Like it was an awesome podcast, but the cover design was just not even close to the value of what he was delivering on the show. So on a Sunday morning, I got Photoshop out and I busted out this podcast cover design and just sent it to him. And I was like, dude, here you go. Like, appreciate you, man. And he didn't do anything with it. He thanked me right away. He didn't do anything with it. Two months later, he reached out and he's like, dude, I need a brand person to really help me consolidate and really get my 
stuff together here if we're going to take this to a hundred million, you know, company. And would you, would you and your team be willing to do that? And I said, let's do it. <laughs> three and a, it was like two and a half years, three years that we had that partnership. And so putting yourself out there, not hiding under a rock, mm-hmm. right? The Bon Jovi, the Bon Jovi story was fun too. So when I first started my business, I was in the nightlife industry doing club flyers. Like I was the guy that designed all the flyers <laughs> that got plastered all over everybody's car. And I got really friendly with the club promoters. So again, connections, making those networking uh, connections. And here was a promoter who I really enjoyed working with. And he gets a gig at Bon Jovi's brother's new lounge. Brings me in, introduces me, says, this is the guy that's going to be representing your brand. And I'm like, right? So I start, I'm like googly eyed, which I highly recommend you don't do, you know, at once you start to get a little established, because that could really set you back. Started doing some work for the brother, Matt, and Matt finally was like, dude, my brother is seeing some of this work and he's blown away. He's got this project that he wants you to do. It's a CD cover. It's, and we're going to do this whole thing. Do you want to do it? I said, duh. So we, we did that project and then he went on two world tours and he said, my brother wants you to do all the, all the marketing design, all the print collateral for the tours. And that was just like, holy crap. And then when he opened up Met, MetLife Stadium, we got these crazy tickets. Uh, like literally, John was like spitting on us. And um, it, was, it was a really awesome, really awesome experience. So moral of the story is you got to put yourself out there. You got to create these opportunities. If you're waiting for these opportunities, keep waiting. Yeah, I think you. there were two things there that really resonated with me is you either find kind of a hole in the marketplace, find somewhere where you can add value. And then two, and probably most importantly, is if you see somebody you want to work with, do something for them for free. Like that's how I started. So when I, uh, you know, I know you don't know my whole story, but when I transitioned, I was selling senior life insurance. Mm. And I decided that was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I was, you know, 25 years old. And uh, I was like, I have to figure this out. And I, I wanted to maintain my freedom. That's why online marketing was always huge, huge. I wanted to figure out how to scale my time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I have to figure this out. But I think the important thing, and I started working for people for free. I, I wrote over 100 blogs for free, ghostwriting, like not even under my name, just because I needed to make connections. I needed to learn something. And all I knew, knew how to do at that point was write. Mm-hmm. So eventually it led to like working with higher profile clients, which is how it started my career. But it was because I would do the work for free, put my money on the line and do it. And then I would send them a screenshot of the result or send them, you know, send them the end result. And then people are like, whoa. And I, I think where people miss the boat is they, they, they figure out something or they have a business and they want to charge, you know, they're like, okay, if I charge this low price, I can start getting clients, start bringing in income. Whereas you can never raise your price. So once you, once you start as a bottom dweller, you're kind of stuck. And if you play in that territory, like the people that don't have the budgets to pay, like those are the toughest ones to work with. Cause if they're paying a low amount, like that's probably all they got or that's, yeah. they need it to stretch far. Yeah. Whereas not that, you know, the, the people at the higher end, they demand more, but you're making a lot better use of your time. Yeah. So if you can prove that you can do great work, now you can get the attention of those people, but then you can also prove your value. So if you do X amount of work and value your values up here, now you can charge this because you've already proven your value. That's the key. 
People yeah. buy value. They buy what's in it for them. They buy, why should I care? They don't yeah. buy the features. They don't buy the, the widget. They don't buy, you know, the, 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 the add-ons. That's what they buy. And so you really got to understand. So when I'm pricing clients out, and looking at the projects that they're trying to uh, create. I got to be careful of time. We're going into the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know we're getting a little over yeah. here. So I'm going to pick up my, my little guy. We'll wrap up. So, you know, long story short is really establishing the value that your client sees in the work, right? Yeah. Let them establish the value. Let them tell you what it's going to, how they price the value. And you're going to know right away if that's a client for you or not. If they're going to price a website at $100, then they're, they're a Fiverr client. <laughs> So go to Fiverr and get a website for a hundred dollars. That's not, yeah. that's not what we do here. Right. But the worst thing is, is attracting those types of people with bad marketing, with bad branding. And that's the, that's the big key takeaway of anything that I want you guys to get today is the quality of your brand is going to determine the quality of your clients. Mm -hmm. If you want to charge the part, you got to look the part, but above all you need to deliver the part. And that is a must. Okay. And what happens is you have these people with great products, great services out there that are helping people, but not at scale because there's a confidence issue of whether or not their brand looks reputable or not. They've kind of slapped things together to get them going. And now their business is kind of growing and now their brand has to catch up and there's a, there's a disconnect there, you know? And so you have to look legitimate. You got to look reputable. If you want higher quality clients, then you need to be quality yourself because quality attracts quality. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's a, we had a bunch of questions about branding and marketing and all that stuff's great, but I think this was more, more important. And if you guys want to hear, like you do videos every single day, you're putting out content. So if, I mean, Henry is by far the best graphic designer, the best brander I've, I've ever seen. And uh, I'm not just saying that, like, go look at his stuff, like, go check it out. It's amazing. Uh, it's at the brand doctor on Instagram. But before I let you go, so give me one more minute, because this, this is something that really resonated with me and kind of pushed me over the edge to, to start doing this because I've been marketing podcasts. I've, I've, I've worked with high profile clients. Like we've, we've, created a brand for years, but I was afraid to start talking about it because I didn't feel like I actually had something to say. And you started talking about this concept called imposter syndrome. And just give me one minute or 90 seconds on what imposter syndrome is and how to move past that. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is uh, the feeling of, of being found out. Like you don't have uh, for whatever reason, the qualifications or the skill set to be doing what you're doing. I suffered from this big time because I never went to school for de design or any of that. You know, I, I learned it off the streets, if you will, right? And it wasn't until latter years that I started to reinvest into myself and into my skill set to really crank things up. And that's when the that's when the top of the can popped, right? But imposter syndrome held me back for years. I should have been charging a hundred, a thousand dollars an hour for consulting years ago because I really was good at what I was doing. It was a God given gift. It really was. And I didn't feel like it was because why should they listen to me? Mm -hmm. I'm just a, I'm just a, a scrappy kid from Jersey that, you know, has a hard work ethic and, you know, just happens to have this uh, skill set and design. And, it held me back for years, man. And so once I figured out what imposter syndrome is and I started hearing other people talk about it, I was like, oh, so I'm not alone here? Other people feel this way too? I started digging in and I realized, holy crap, this is a syndrome 
How do we overcome it? And man, when I tell you, the only way that I was able to crush it was investing in myself and really working on, like I take my brain to the gym every day. Yeah, I also take my muscles to the gym too, but I take my brain to the gym every day. And when I keep my brain right, you know, my mindset right, what I let into it, uh, my business is always okay. Yeah, I love that. I think mentorship association, once you start getting around people that are successful and you're like, hey, these guys aren't any different than me. They, they just... To put it out there, you know, and yeah. it starts to give you that confidence. And I, we could talk about this all day, but maybe this is part one and we'll have to do a part two of all this, Henry, because I think we could talk about this stuff all day. I am so grateful for all the time. I know you got to go pick up your son. Thank you for, for coming on the show and just tell everybody where, where if they want to get in touch with you, where they can find you. Yeah. So Instagram, the brand DR, you could check it out, check out my content there. My YouTube channel, the brand doctor, really cool, uh, insightful information there. And then my website is unique designs, with a Z at the end, not an S, .net. And you'll find access to free trainings and case studies and blogs and, and my podcast, uh, the Brand Doctor Podcast, which my friend Carson here helped me tremendously get over into the top 200 in the business category on iTunes, which I'm still grateful for. And um, you could check out a lot of my content there too. So thanks again, dude, for having me come on and and you know, share my story and, and hopefully we inspired some people today, you know, to, to take that action and get to that next level. Yeah. I think these conversations are a lot more fun than uh, tell me how to build a funnel. And that, that's why I wanted to start this podcast. So <laughs> Henry, thank you so much for coming on and uh, I'll talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Giant Voices podcast. If you love the show, don't forget to subscribe, share and leave a review. Also, if you have questions, message us on Instagram at Giants underscore Voices or message Carson at Carson Jones.